Good Thursday evening to you. I'm James Briarton in Charlotte, and welcome to a special Thursday night edition of the Carolina Weather Group. We have been tracking relentless rain across the region all week long, which has led to a flood threat that really just kind of came into its own today. And I am joined by uh, much of our Carolina Weather Group panel today. Uh, we have uh, in Charleston, Jared Smith. We have up in the foothills, Scotty Powell, and I think Evan Fisher is back in Asheville. I am. Okay, you move around so much; it's hard to it's hard to keep track. So uh, we're going to be breaking down for you some of the storm reports that we have received from the flash flooding, from severe thunderstorms, from a few tornadoes. We're going to look ahead to the rain that is left associated with this system for tomorrow, and then I think we're going to wrap things up uh, in case there wasn't enough to talk about. The uh, National Hurricane Center came out with their seasonal outlook today. So certainly a whole lot going on. Let's start with Scotty Powell, who was on our air earlier today, tracking one of many of the uh, severe weather events and a, a tornado warning that, that included Fort Bragg. Yeah, yeah, James. Uh, in fact, we were actually uh, was getting ready to go on air because it was a supercell about to move into the North Carolina coast. And I was covering that, and then a, a tornado warning popped up in central North Carolina for Hope County. In fact, uh, out of Hope County, the emergency management, along with National Weather Service in Raleigh, has confirmed a tornado did touch down in that area. I'm not sure of the uh, rating scale. I'm sure uh, Raleigh will send out a forecast or damage survey team in the next day or so to check that out. But uh, severe weather um, all along the eastern North Carolina and South Carolina areas uh, I know uh, several severe thunderstorm warnings, uh, flash flood warnings, a few tornado warnings. In fact, uh, there was even a potential tornado-ish. Uh, there's a video going around uh, near uh, Lee and or Darlington, Florence area in South Carolina uh, near Interstate 95. So the Weather Service in Wilmington and Columbia are going to be working together to determine uh, what took place there. So a very active day. Not only did we have the flash flooding, but also the severe weather and tornado threat. In fact, there was even a uh, lightning um, strike that caused $25,000 worth of damage in Brunswick County. So all kinds of craziness going on in the weather world uh, today. And uh, I think uh, we're all ready for uh, this uh, low pressure to move out. Looks like uh, it is starting to do that now. We have one more day to get through tomorrow where we could see some afternoon showers and thunderstorms. But I think the persistent and consistent heavy rain uh, threat is going to start to move out uh, overnight. And in fact, a lot of the uh, flash flood watches are, are being allowed to expire, uh, especially in the western part of North Carolina and South Carolina. So um, that is a good sign. But yeah, very active day today, James. Yeah, let me talk a little bit about uh, the Charlotte area. And we, we kind of dodged a bullet here in Mecklenburg County. Fingers crossed it'll stay that way because, and we're going to talk in a minute about what you guys saw in the foothills and the mountains earlier in the week. Uh, but we also saw a ton of rain set up today. We had a 100-mile-tall flash flood warning that went from the Triad in Winston-Salem and Greensboro all the way down to the border of South Carolina. And we just saw relentless line after line after line of thunderstorms today. Uh, uh, and we saw 50-some-odd roads in Anson County get flooded out. Similar stories in neighboring counties. At least three water rescues were reported uh, in Anson County. Uh, or, or was it Stanley County? Might have been Stanley County. So, yes. Stanley County. Uh, because of flooded roadways. And really, this just continued throughout the afternoon with, with the Rocky River reaching moderate flood stage. Uh, and even the PD further downstream and that's kind of the part 
act two, if you will, of the story is after all of the rain is said and done falling from the sky, which it's not, we have to then take all of that water that fell and we have to run it off down the waterways. And so that's why I say hopefully we've dodged a bullet here in Charlotte and Mecklenburg, but we have to wait to see what's going to come downstream down the Catawba into Lake Norman, into Lake Wiley, because what you guys have seen up in the foothills since Monday, I mean, Scotty, Evan, you some of those locations and the higher elevations were pushing 11 or 12 inches of rain. Yeah, we're still waiting on some of the totals to come in, even from the highest elevation stations, the most remote stations that were likely the ones that you know, surpassed 12 inches of rain since Monday. But there was definitely a swath right along the Blue Ridge Escarpment. Um, well, I got time. I'll throw this up. There's a swath on the Blue Ridge Escarpment that surpassed eight inches. Um, you kind of see it right there, just to the southeast of Asheville, portions of the Rutherford and Polk. Um, and even a little bit of McDowell and Burke counties. Um, so that, that's really a little bit more up, more up towards Scotty's way. Uh, but you know, for all the rain that we had, we didn't have a ton of flooding. Scott, I think you could back me up here that we had, it was spread out enough over the course of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then today on Thursday. There was a lot of rain that fell, but it fell slowly most of the time with a few small exceptions. So thankfully, like you said, there in Charlotte, James, we also dodged a little bit of a bullet. Um, but now this water is working its way down through the central areas of North and South Carolina and eventually out towards the coastal plains where you have uh, other impacts as well as flood advisories down there and river floods. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And Scotty, I know you probably have a little bit of a different perspective from the foothills, but may maybe a little bit of the same story as well. Yeah, Evan, uh, we definitely, um, you know, I'll let you keep that up, that screen share up. Um, we definitely saw a swath of some heavy rain uh, really developed Monday evening. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday was the uh, heaviest of the, the rain. In fact, uh, McDowell County, I took some notes on that. That seemed to be the hardest hit county, at least where we got a lot of information out of. Uh, started on Tuesday night, there was some campgrounds evacuated and uh, started to become the summer season. Uh, a lot of folks have um, campsites, permanent campsites where they just come up and visit. Uh, so several of those campgrounds were actually evacuated Tuesday uh, night into early Wednesday morning. 11 individuals uh, were seeking shelter uh, in a community shelter from the American Red Cross. Uh, obviously, there were social distance and all of that, but 11 individuals did require uh, some sort of shelter to get into. A minor uh, landslide uh, occurred in the county. Uh, there was some structural damage, especially uh, along the rivers and streams in, in uh, the Old Fort community of McDowell County. Uh, emergency manager uh, William Keller uh, told me seven to 10 inches of good range of rainfall that, that fell in the county, uh, again, with some structures damage, and the state of emergency was actually actually issued uh, for that area. So McDowell County seemed to, um, seemed to be the worst of the, uh, of the flooding that occurred here in the foothills, where I live here in Morganton, uh, in Burke County. Uh, we saw anywhere at my house, we got about five and a quarter inches of rain, somewhere between four to six inches. Uh, just your normal areas that flooded, Johns River, Catawba River, uh, Lake James, in fact, Evan, I want to share the lake levels here uh, on my screen and we'll kind of um, let you look at the lake levels and what was going on there. Uh, one second, I got to get that pulled up first. But uh, those uh, those lake levels uh, are continue to rise, especially downstream. Uh, lake James is kind of the uh, it's kind of the, the starting off point for uh, the Catawba River um, area. And that's where uh, we can see the highest lake levels. 
uh, Lake James right now at 1.23 feet. So spillway is a, a, a hundred. So uh, we're 2.3 feet above uh, above the uh, maximum capacity of, of Lake James. Uh, Lake Road is 1.26. Again, that is above the 100 uh, feet uh, lake out, lookout shoals. And in fact, I saw some flooding out of that area uh, near the Newton and Claremont areas of actually homes, lower levels of the homes being flooded out. Uh, from all the water that's being released. Lake Hickory is still in good shape, but I would imagine that to continue to rise over the next day. Uh, then eventually it'll flow into Lake Norman and then James down in your area, Mountain Island Lake, Lake Wiley, uh, places like that. That's where you were talking about we're safe right now, but we could continue to see flooding uh, several days on as uh, we see um, kind of the residual effects of all the rain flowing from the mountains eventually into the Piedmont, then uh, out to where Jared's at there in the coastal community. So it'll probably take a week or so for this water to kind of flow out into the Atlantic Ocean. But again, uh, definitely not the, the worst flooding that we've seen in the area, uh, but a, a, a good amount of rain anywhere between seven to 10 inches uh, fell in the area. I do think, uh, gentlemen, uh, bring everyone in. Uh, we did have a, a, a seven to 10 day dry spell where there was no rain, a less humidity. Uh, kind of allowed things to dry out. That's where we see in those, uh, those cooler days. So uh, that might have been a little bit of a, a help where it kind of prevented all of the flooding from taking place. So uh, again, a lot of heavy rain. Thankfully, no severe weather up in this area. It was all uh, heavy rain. And uh, overall, not the worst flooding we've seen, but definitely a lot of rain's fallen. So I think we're all ready for a break. Well, somebody had mentioned, I think it was Evan a moment ago, that it wasn't as bad as it could have been. And I think that's true for the most part because I'm going to punch up this Marion camera and I immediately have flashbacks to two years ago when they had the flash flood emergency there. Um, and even the events of last June here in Mecklenburg when along, um, <clears throat> excuse me, along Mountain Island Lake, things things were flooding. Now we'll have to, again, we'll have to watch that over the next few days. But, uh, you know, we definitely had situations that unfolded. You mentioned those two campgrounds, Scotty, that had to be evacuated. But I think we were potentially spared from having the entire foothills and mountains plastered in flash flood warnings. There definitely were flash flood warnings, and I don't want to ignore those. Uh, but it wasn't, I guess, as widespread as I had feared, if, if that's fair to say. Yeah, it is. And I think Evan brings up a great point. It was it was kind of it wasn't all at one time like we see with the tropical system. That's where we see a lot of flooding up here, especially in the foothills and the mountains. And it's from a tropical system where we just get 12, 24 hours straight rain. Uh, this time we had waves of rain. It was heavy rain at times. I mean, there were times, Evan, you may could attest to this, that you looked outside and it was hard to see your hand in front of you because it was raining so hard. But then we had those periods where there was no rain at all. So kind of allowed things to kind of recede again. So uh, if we would have seen a, a long duration of this heavy rain, I, I believe wholeheartedly that we'd have seen a lot of flooding. But um, the breaks that we were able to get in between the, the heavy bands of rain kind of saved us from, from this event. Well, what, what lies ahead, gentlemen? Because we got a lot of people, um, you know, in the comments tonight with us live here on, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch. And, you know, Susan wants to know, is, is this rain over? So um, maybe one of you wants to kind of tell her what's ahead. We do have a slight risk for tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I, I can start off with that. Um, it, we, we see a, a system move through tomorrow. It's going to be more of afternoon, evening convection. Uh, we'll probably be partly to mostly cloudy especially I'll talk for the Western Carolinas, um, 
you know, Jared's been keeping an eye down there in the coastal areas, so I'll let him kind of hit on, on the eastern part. But here in the western Carolinas, partly a mostly cloudy start. If we see any sunshine, it's going to be one of those days. If you see any sunshine, it's kind of a bad thing. You don't want to see a lot of sunshine tomorrow because that really – will help destabilize the atmosphere. We're going to have a lot of humidity in the in the area. So uh, we've got the uh, the future cast rolling here. So uh, afternoon, evening thunderstorms possible. Uh, I think a marginal risk uh, right now for the area, last I checked. Um, and then after that moves through, um, Saturday, Sunday, look to be really nice for your Memorial Day weekend, even into Monday. Uh, just a very small token chance, 20% chance of showers, thunderstorms each day. Uh, but uh, warmer conditions, temperatures in the low to mid 80s uh, through Monday with partly cloudy skies. So we got one more day of a heavy rain thunderstorm threat, and then uh, it kind of looks better for the weekend. Um, Evan, uh, anything you want to kind of add along with that with the Western Carolinas? Yeah, I think that we're just going to be warming up a lot over the next seven days, especially considering where we've been with this upper level low in place. It's been very cool with highs, you know, even as low as the 40s. Uh, over the next, the past three days, you know, since Sunday. Um, so we're getting ready to jump into pop-up thunderstorm season. Um, after, Scotty said, after the rain moves through tomorrow, Saturday is definitely a slight chance of this pop-up thunderstorms. But Sunday, Sunday might have a slightly better chance. Uh, but nonetheless, pop-up thunderstorms are annoying for anyone um, who ever has ever dealt with them. Because it can be sunny one minute, and then 15 minutes later, it can be pouring rain and ruin your entire uh, afternoon and evening plans. So unfortunately, that is where we're headed. And hopefully, uh, with a 30% chance of pop-up storms, you're in that lucky 70% where you don't get any storms. Uh, but it, it is worth being prepared for heavy downpours pretty much every day for the next seven days. You know, and I actually experienced a little bit of that today because where I am, very close to Matthews in Mecklenburg County, it was not but a stone's throw across to Union County and then on to Anson, Stanley, and even Richmond and Montgomery that we're getting those non-stop convective storms. And I also feel like it's really worth, and this is us nerding out, mentioning these storms were spinning counterclockwise with that infamous low that we've had all week. And that's really, really interesting because... You know, a lot of times when we're tracking thunderstorms, we're talking about storms that are moving along with a front. These were spinning, and they just were popping up over, like, Chesterfield and some of the sand hills of South Carolina, and then just relentlessly coming into North Carolina along the same curvature over and over and over again. It was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of storm directions throughout this entire event. So, um, yeah, and, and that's, James, is the training. That's why we saw those flash flood warnings issued east of charlotte today there's just cells continue to train and train over the over the same area and uh give uh, copious amounts of rainfall and jared i know you guys uh, it's been pretty active for you along the coast as well um i'm not sure if charleston uh was able to confirm the tornado yet but there was a potential tornado down in your area and again you guys deal dealt yep. with heavy rain and flooding as well yeah, absolutely, Scotty, and 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 the weather service in Charleston did earlier today confirm an EF1 tornado on Johns Island. It was down for about uh, three quarters of a mile, about the width of three football fields. Um, about top winds, 95 miles an hour, did a fair bit of tree damage, some uh, uh, stop signs blown down. Um, but overall, you know, it was uh, you know. Not the strongest thing that we've seen on John's Island. We've seen much worse. It didn't loft debris very high, which was, you know, um, you know a, 
a good thing, generally speaking, although there are plenty of people dealing with damage today, a lot of cleanup going on, many trees down, uh, lots of, I'm sure it smells a lot like pine out there right now, that's for sure. Um, that storm went on to produce some additional straight line damage uh, moving up uh, through the heart of Johns Island as the storm approached West Ashley before it start, before it uh, weakened a little bit, before the rotation uh, uh, you know, broadened out and um, still had the potential to do wind damage uh, through the metro, but that was really where uh, a lot of the damage reports came in. Uh, but of course, flooding was the widespread issue. We had, and, and that storm set up and, and a train of thunderstorms that just went right along Highway 17 in Charleston, and, and that t- cuts you right through downtown, right into Mount Pleasant. And you had stations on John's Island that were close to five inches of rain. Um, Following in about two hours time, not great. Um, and and, and it, it just, and it all went through downtown and it flooded downtown out very nicely. Um, Evan's uh, roommate got some uh, uh, great photos uh, who um, I'm sure that she, I'm sure that he's still being hounded by all of the news media. He's like, hey, if you want to use this on all, all of our platforms. Um, the whole lot of that, but yeah, it was, um, you know, this is looking at, uh, Felix street and it was, uh, it, it was very, uh, it, it was, it was rough. Evan, you mentioned earlier in kind of our pre-show, you were talking about how, um, you know, this was, you know, how did this, how this compared, uh, with the flash flood event that we had last month, um, when a water spout spun up off store, a little front of genetic band set up right over downtown. Yeah, it, it, this is two months in a row that we've had this type of, you know, this event occur in downtown Charleston. And unfortunately, it feels like this is happening more and more frequently. And I, I was there for the one in April. And unfortunately, I was, I left about 12 hours before, 18 hours before the rain began here in Charleston. So I just barely missed this event. Uh, but it, it was likely more this time, it appears. I typically, judge how much rainfall we've had and how bad the flooding is by a house across the street one of the ones in this video and the water definitely appears to be higher in this video and jared I mean, you can attest this and even across downtown but at the end of this street the water was thigh deep uh, so it's just incredible in an hour and a half two hours how quickly that water can pile up um and how and, and this was low tide this yes, was not even a situation where we have high tide and have everything if we had had high tide this would have been far worse so it was just an incredible event. Yeah. Do you worry about the, at, at these low tide scenarios too? You get, you get concerned because, you know, if, if you get all this water at low tide, it's going to pile up and then, and you're only going to have the tide coming in at that point. Um, then, then you have long residence time uh, for the floodwaters. And that was no exception. There were plenty of closed roads for several hours yesterday uh, downtown. Um, one thing to note about that low tide is that the tidal departure was running about two feet. So that low tide was still well above where it should have been. So we were already dealing with the elevated tide at that point. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, it was a very tricky setup yesterday. It was a, one of those marginal risks and, and, and you know how it goes in the Carolinas, you know, forget those high risk days, you know, you know, the, the, the SBC scale here is, is a general thunder, high risk, slight, <laughs> slight enhanced which is pretty bad moderate and marginal um you know we can never get a high risk to verify around here but we sure can get a marginal and and and, and again it was one of those cases where we had storms are just uh you know just uh spinning around good shear good shear on the southeast periphery of that upper low and um 
and and we had some we had some diffuse frontal boundaries around. We had lots of you know little mesoscale features uh, doing their thing. Pretty uncapped atmosphere. Everything was able to go up pretty quickly. But there's something about John's Island. There's something there's something there. And and I would love for a CFC uh, uh, meteorology student to take that up as a, a research project. Evan, I think uh, he's talking because, to you. He's make, giving you homework. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I responded to him with the CFC weather account. I was yeah, incognito, yeah. but that was me. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering who that was. Yeah. So um, so yeah. I mean, we we have uh, you know, there's, there's certainly some things that uh, you know should be explored because John's Island. I, I call it John's Island Alley. We see you know. September 2015, we had an EF2 tornado touch down in the dead of night there. Um, and, and, and this, you know, this is something that happens there, you know, more frequently than we care to admit. So it was interesting. Um, you know, it was uh, certainly terrifying, you know, having that kind of circulation moving towards uh, moving through uh, an increasingly populated area of Charleston. John's Island is not the small farming island it used to be. It is, uh, it is exploded in popularity. And, um, you know, so there's a lot more people there than it used to be. Population density is much higher. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. Nobody was killed. Uh, people took the warning seriously. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and at the end of the day, we had people floating down, you know, I think President Street or something like that. And, you know, with like pink flamingo floaties or something like that. Who knows? And it's like, I still do not recommend that. Um, ringworm and COVID-19 are not a good combination. It's never a good flood in Charleston if somebody is not on jet ski. So if they got the jet skis out, it's a good flood downtown. Uh, I guess if you live yeah. in Charleston, you yeah. you like weather uh, and you like water. You have to, or you hate it and you move. Yeah. And and you like the Outer Banks Netflix show. <laughs> just throwing that in. Which was taped in Charleston, right? <laughs> That's right. That's okay. Right. Uh, I want to go back to a couple of things that were mentioned, and we have some video up on the screen from our friend uh, Chris Mulcahy, who was out today east of the uh, Charlotte Metro out in the Stanley County, Anson, and Union County area. Because one thing we haven't touched on yet is the saturation of the ground, and it is leading to landslides, which we've seen some of those in the higher elevations of western North Carolina. But we also have to watch these for tomorrow as we do get those scattered strong to severe thunderstorms these trees are now sitting in sponges and it's not going to take as strong as a wind as it would have if the ground wasn't a sponge in order to get maybe some of these trees toppling over uh, we did unfortunately learn today that one person lost their life after a tree fell on their home in surrey county uh, and so we're going to keep our fingers crossed that it doesn't get any worse than that from from landslides falling trees or from anything else uh, as we continue to watch one more day here of this very long prolonged rain event uh, but we do have a nice weekend ahead and that is going to be the thing that i think gets us through this friday into that memorial day weekend kathy's watching right now asking what the weather is going to be like this weekend in the Asheville area and i know here in charlotte it's going to be nice um and uh, let's ask evan Asheville's looking pretty good too right pretty decent i'd say i i would just be concerned of pop-up thunderstorms on both saturday and even more so on sunday i think we have a 40 percent chance from national weather service on Saturday, and unfortunately, really here, a 70% chance on Sunday. Um, so, uh, public thunderstorms, you may see it, you may not, but I would, I'd be wary and at least have a plan if you're going to be outside this weekend. But uh, at least it will be warm. It'll be in the lower 80s. You'll so. see some sun. We got some yeah, sun exactly. at the end of the day here in Charlotte. It made all the difference. Now, again, sun could lead to storms, 
but it does raise your mood. So we don't want we don't want sunshine tomorrow. No sunshine tomorrow. You can take it all you want. On you, you're hoping we just get walled in with clouds. I mean, if you want storms, then you want sunshine. If you don't want storm bad storms, you, you don't want sunshine tomorrow. You're talking about the uh, saturated soil, but that is uh, Jared was mentioning it earlier. Can't remember if it was actually here on the show if it was our pre pre show talk. Uh, but Jared, it looks like. Uh, damage and winds could be the, the main concern tomorrow with those storms mm-hmm. uh, downbursts. So, uh, like like James was talking about, the saturated soils, it, it may not take a lot for some of these trees to come down. Yeah, and we we've been very dry. So so we you know it seems like this happens every year that we have we we just start up May completely parched and then one day it just snaps and we get you know two three inches of rain just right all at once and that. that very much has followed the pattern so far in 2020. Um, so, you know, we'll have to watch uh, thunderstorms that fire tomorrow for that damaging wind threat. Marginal risk is kind of from the Charleston metro area north. Um, again, closest to that upper low. We're going to have some ridging to the south that might help suppress uh, a little more of the, that pop-up convective activity on, um, on Friday. Now, when we get to Saturday, um, it's going to be very much garden variety air mass thunderstorms um, in our neck of the woods. Pretty you know, pretty standard summer fair, 91 degrees, um, pop-up thunderstorms in the afternoon, sea breeze will get involved a little bit and, you know, and that's, it's going to feel like summer. It's going to feel like it should, uh, Sunday, a little bit more thunderstorms, the backdoor front sinking South and, and then Memorial day, 83. Now, if you remember Memorial day last year, when it was a hundred, 101, 83 is basically an Arctic air mass, like, I'm going to need to bust out the bust out the hoodies and parkas, my friends. It's going to be 83 on Memorial Day, and it's going to be glorious. Uh, let's look at those SBC outlooks one more time. Amy's asking about breezy conditions with regards to the tree threat. So here's the SBC outlook for tomorrow. We have that marginal risk tier one out of five for our, all of North Carolina and most of South Carolina. But we can break this down, and we can show you that the tornado threat, about 2% right there along oh, the border <laughs> of North Carolina and South Carolina. Uh, but also here's that wind threat. So this actually, you know, 5% chance of damaging winds. They're highlighting the Outer Banks. But I wouldn't rule out damaging wind potential with some of those more scattered storms um and uh but luckily luckily spc telling us doesn't look like much of an environment for hail and i don't think we got any hail reports today either so you know again i think almost everybody should just be weather aware tomorrow again it's a one out of five and as we've been talking about you know some of the ingredients would have to come together right amount of sunshine and instability but we can't we can't rule it out and i think somebody said it earlier it's springtime it's may in the carolinas and this is kind of the price we pay for admission yeah and when you say two percent don't kind of blow that off because that five percent is concerning in the carolinas two percent uh it just makes us stay cautious and, and, and observant of what's going on. So I always tell people, I, if I had a 2% chance of winning the lotto, I'd go play the lotto. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's a show topic we do. Maybe we can mm-hmm. ask some folks from SPC to come on and kind of talk about these yeah. percentages because I feel like it kind of gets lost in the mix, people like 2%. It's not like a 2% chance of rain. Uh, these are these they're different. So that that I'm mentally writing a note that maybe we can get a show topic on that because uh, those those numbers are are something we need to pay attention to. Yeah, I mean we had a tornado yesterday in a two percent area. Like that, it's just two percent is not zero. Uh, I think that's the most important thing to keep in mind is that you know it's like 
it's not it's not quite Jim Carrey and uh, Dumb and Dumber saying so you so there's still a chance right so say I have a chance but yeah uh, but it certainly you know it, it it is not something to it's not negligible and and it's something that we should be watching closely speaking of chances last topic for tonight on top of everything else that was happening today, NOAA and the National Hurricane Center put out their 2020 outlook, and it wouldn't be 2020 <laughs> if it wasn't above normal. So they're looking for an active season. Let me read these numbers to you if you're listening to our podcast. Uh, so the outlook here from NOAA, 13 to 19 named storms as opposed to an average of about 12. Of those, about 6 to 10 are predicted or expected to become Hurricane force, 74 mile per hour winds or greater. Uh, the average would be six, and they're calling for six to 10. And of those major stage, category three or higher, three to six, as opposed to an average of just three. How does this rank to last year? In 2019, we came out with 18 named storms, so another above average season. Six of them were hurricanes, kind of right on the average mark, and three of them were major, again, right on the average mark. So we're kind of going just Average to above average with uh, the kind of the range they're giving us here. Uh, guys, is this is this what you were expecting? First well, of all, I want to be a Go little ahead. bit funny. Those numbers would get us to some storm named Nana, correct? Uh, N, N is Nana, yes. I'm trying to do the math and the alphabet in my head. That means that we'll get to Nana potentially. Hurricane Grandma. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one. But no, in all seriousness, James... Um, you know, this last year, we, last year we were dealing, the conditions weren't as favorable as they are this year, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And uh, even though we didn't have a, a, a major hurricane affect the Carolinas like we had in years past, um, the conditions definitely, I mean, just, just looking at the ingredients, obviously we need to mix those ingredients together before we can see something. But looking at the ingredients, it, it definitely spells out it could be a very busy year. Yeah, I concur. I I, I, I completely concur, Scott. I, in my, uh, you know, I mean, when I looked at the 2020 prediction, it was like, oh, that's light. It's 2020. We're going to go into the Greek alphabet. Um, oh, no, That please. was my first thought. But uh, no, I don't think it's going to get that bad. But, um, what, but you know, what I mean, year was that? 2005. 2005, yes. that's right. We ran out of names. Mm-hmm. So for folks we who don't remember, names. we went through the whole list yeah. of Alphabet, and then it was just like Alpha, Beta, Charlie, Delta. Right? Yeah, Zeta was the last storm, and it, that one lasted into 2006. So there you go. Um, and 04 was no bad. joke either. Yeah, 04 was, and that was when Florida got hit by four straight hurricanes. So, um, yeah, so, you know, again, again, you know, we'll see, we'll see how this goes. You, you don't like to see La Nina this time of year, and that's what we're going to have. Um, that is going to relax the wind shear over the Atlantic and the Atlantic is boiling. The sea surface temperatures are well above average. The sea surface temperatures have been well above average in the Gulf. That's why you've had some pretty gnarly. That's one of the big reasons why you've had some gnarly severe weather outbreaks in Dixie Alley this year. Um, so that those, those outbreaks can portend, you know, something bigger. This, that, you know, you can, you can make a link to that for like Gulf storms. And, um, and so we'll see. Um, the, the most important thing, though, about these outlooks that I'd like to stress to everybody is that uh, it doesn't matter how many named storms there are in a season. It doesn't matter how many of those are major or how many of those are, you know, what have you. 
if you get one, it's a busy season. So, you know, so let's, let's all be getting ready now. You know, this is, I know it's a stressful time. You know, we're, we're still dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, some things are getting back to normal. Some things are still going to be weird for a while. Um, the best thing that we can do is, is get prepared for this eventuality now. So we don't have to deal with, so it just removes the work that you have to do down the road when the pressure cooker is really on. And so, um, you know, the nice thing is, is that we've all gotten, you know, a lot of us have gotten used to things like grocery delivery and, and things like that, you know, use that time to use that to stock up a little bit, a little bit at a time. I mean, I mean, we all, I mean yeah, we've seen with the, the stock up of all the supplies. I mean, you definitely, what you did for COVID-19, you're going to need to do right now to get your hurricane kits prepared for. I mean, that was my uh, argument I, when this all started before yeah. we knew whether or not we were going to need a stockpile, I said to myself, I'm either going to use it now or I'm going to use it when the next storm comes. Yeah. I mean, what you needed for COVID-19, I don't know if everybody needed all the toilet paper that was going around. But, I mean, you, you definitely need the water, the canned food. You do need the toilet paper, paper towels. I mean, all of the stuff that, that folks went out and, and bought, I mean, if you didn't use it, it's, it's going to become useful. Um, because especially if you live here in the Carolinas, because no matter if you live where Jared's at on the coast, yeah, they're going to see impacts, but those impacts are even felt where James is at in Charlotte and where Evan and I are in the western part of the state. I mean, these landfall and tropical systems, all of us feel the impacts. I mean, we, we may not get the storm surge that Jared gets there at the coast, but we get the flooding and the wind here inland. So, I mean, it, it definitely will be, become useful. I think we could best summarize it by just what we were talking about with the 2% chance of the tornado tomorrow. It only takes one mm -hmm. in order for it to be a bad day. So. That's right. That's right. All right. So um, uh, tomorrow, uh, the uh, Carolina Weather Group will be streaming again. Uh, we'll be monitoring for those strong to severe thunderstorms and the residual flooding that could come with some of those storms, even through the weekend, as the waterways will continue to be coping with all of that runoff. So please do practice extra safety. If you're going to be out on the water this weekend, on the lakes and on the rivers, they're going to be higher than usual. They're going to be flowing faster than usual. And so please be safe. James, another thing, a lot of debris will be in there. Yeah. Tree limbs, a lot of debris will be in the water. Fresh so debris and also debris that hasn't been picked up. Charlotte did one storm debris pickup in the past two and a half months. And I've noticed my neighbors continuing to put leaves and branches at the curb. They're not coming back for it. And so all of that stuff when it rains just flows downstream. Yeah. Downstream. Down the street is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, Go ahead. I was just going to close this out. <laughs> go ahead okay uh and if you haven't checked it out already we want to let you know that we have a new product we're testing out here at the carolina weather group called the carolina weather net uh it shows some of the best of programming of the carolina weather group around the clock uh you can find it streaming most days now on our youtube channel and we will cut in with live local forecast and severe weather coverage as needed as Scotty Powell did this afternoon. So uh, it's in test mode. And uh, if you're watching this right now, we consider you one of our loyal viewers and fans, and we'd love your feedback on it as well, too. All right, I'm James Briarton in Charlotte. On behalf of Jared Smith in Charleston, Evan Fisher in Asheville, and Scotty Powell Morganton in the foothills of uh, Western North Carolina. Thanks for joining us for the special Thursday night edition of the Carolina Weather Group. We'll see you back here again real soon. Stay weather aware and enjoy your holiday weekend.